1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And then put your finger over at Philippians chapter 4. What I'll do is I'll finish up next week, I'll finish up our um, Facing Your Fears series. But I wanted to bring a special message this week. And then we're going to be launching into Christmas series. So excited. I love Christmas. I've lost Thessalonians. Oh, there it is. Okay. First Thessalonians chapter 5. Just three verses, starting with verse 16. It says, Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. If you're trying to memorize scripture, there's two verses right there that will make your life easier. Rejoice always. Pray continually. There, you just memorized two verses. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. The simplest definition of these verses here in the title of today's Thanksgiving message is be thankful always. Be thankful always. Be does not mean feel thankful. It's a choice, a determined state of mind. Give thanks puts us in the mindset of being able to choose the when of our thanks. Although there will be times in your life when giving thanks will feel like a sacrifice, be is a character trait that we can develop in our life. Thankful does not mean that we complain 99% of our life and then give God a token clap offering once a week in service. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. It's purposely looking at the glass half full instead of half empty. Purposely choosing hope and not dread. It's believing faith and not giving in to fear, which we've been studying. Thankful means full of thanks. Always, well, that's the tough one. You know, if we could change it to say, be thankful when all blessings come your way. Well, we could do that. That would be easy peasy, as my family says. But the command here is always, in all circumstances, when you unexpectedly get laid off from work right before Christmas, when your car breaks down and you don't have a second vehicle, when the doctor gives you a not-so-good diagnosis. When the one you thought would be there the rest of your life suddenly isn't. Be thankful always. If be is a character trait, a determined state of mind, then always is the when and where it needs to be displayed. Be thankful always. 
Charles Dickens once said that we are somewhat mixed up here in America. He told an audience that instead of having one Thanksgiving day each year, we should have 364 days of Thanksgiving and use that one day, well, just for griping and complaining. Can you just picture your Thanksgiving table this Thursday? And you ask, and you know, some people, they pass a candle and say that one thing you're thankful for. And instead, it would be like, hold this candle and say the one thing you want to complain about. I waited all year for this. Right? He goes on to say that we should not wait for a special holiday to express our gratitude to God. Instead, Thanksgiving should be a part of our daily lives. In fact, the Bible is very clear that Thanksgiving is perhaps one of the most vital characteristics of any child of God. Be thankful. Always. The real question is, how? Right? How do we develop the be thankful always in a practical way that becomes a part of our lifestyle? Well, seriously, it's more simple than the enemy wants you to believe. Because he likes filling your mind with thoughts like, well, I was just born this way. Right? We're supposed to be realistic. I'm just not one of those peppy people like that. They're all lies. This is not just about positive people or positive thinking or the peppiness that needs to come in everybody. This is a lifestyle choice. You choose to do this. Philippians chapter 4 that I ask you to turn over to, right? Philippians chapter 4. Sounds an awful lot like the first verses we read here. Starting with verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. He's saying God's kingdom is here. Rejoice. Why? Because God's kingdom is here. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. There it is again. We, we've been studying and studying and we'll continue to study till Jesus comes back again. That there are ifs in the Bible. God makes it very simple for us. If you do this, God says, I will do this. This is it. If you do this, God says, I will give you my peace that will guard, guard your heart and your mind. Guard your heart and your mind. But there it is. Sounds just like our opening scripture. In order to develop the be thankful always lifestyle, you must follow God's will for your life. It's laid out right here. God's will for your life. Pray, rejoice, pray, give thanks. Rejoice, pray, give thanks. What's God's will for your life? Rejoice, pray, give thanks. 
Can't get any easier than that. Why do we work so hard to complicate God? Joyce Myers said, A life of frustration and struggle, a life without peace, is the result of focusing on things you can't do anything about. When you worry about things beyond your control, stress and anxiety begin to creep into your life. Once we realize we are struggling with something and start to feel upset, we need to start praying and immediately turn that situation over to God. Being thankful that he will provide and he does promise to give us his peace. You and I are not called to a life of frustration and struggle. Jesus came so we could have righteousness, joy, and peace. Be thankful always. Starts by, let's look at these three. Rejoicing. Rejoicing. Colossians 3. Let me read this. to you. Actually, if you just flip over the next book here, we'll read it together. Colossians 3. Starting with verse 15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Okay, now there he's talking about the peace again. How do you get the peace of God? Rejoice, pray, give thanks, and the peace of God will guard your heart and mind. He's saying again, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach, admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Rejoice. And again I say rejoice. The definition of rejoicing is great joy, jubilation. And a celebration of thanksgiving. I love jubilation. I just love that word. You know, you ever watch The Grinch? Yeah. The jubilation. Just love it. I love that word. Maybe that will be my new favorite word. Jubilation. The definition of rejoicing. Great joy. Jubilation. A celebration of thanksgiving. That's what Sundays are supposed to be. Supposed to be a celebration of thanksgiving. Everybody just celebrating God. Thank you, God. And sometimes, I mean it, if you've been poured out through the week, you come in here dragging. Right? But when you come in here, like I've told the marriage counseling classes and stuff that we go through, hit the reset button. Go back to the original. Thank the Lord we've got another week ahead of us. And start the celebration, the holiday jubilation. Oh no, not just the holiday, but the jubilation. Start the celebration. You know, stop looking at the past. Look forward. Come on. Come on. Fill me up, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Fill me up. Why? So he can pour you out again. That's what we're here for. Give him thanks. Rejoice with gratitude in your heart. Psalms 95 2 says, let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. You don't have to only sing if you sing well. 
He said, make a joyful noise. You know, so whether it's country songs or what, Christian country songs, because if it's just country songs, that's depressing. So whatever it is, a joyful noise before the Lord. Let something come out of your mouth. So rejoice always. And number two, pray. Again, he says, do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Prayer should always be our first response in any situation. James 4.2 says, we do not have because we do not ask. Boy, you all know it. But why is it so tough for you to ask? We were talking about this Thursday night at Life Group. Why is it so hard for us to just ask God? Yeah, I have, I'll just say, he's not in here now. Okay. Jacob has always had a problem with asking for things. I shielded his anonymity. I kept his anonymity first service because he is sitting there and he gets so embarrassed. Anyway, but he's not in here. So too bad. But even little and he's coming in, he never, never would just ask us for stuff. And as he got older, he would elbow one of the other kids. Go ask mom or dad for this. Go ask. And he's getting older and he's still, oh, go ask, go ask. So finally I thought, i got to teach him a lesson. So I started giving all the other kids everything. And not him. I'm like, Jacob, you got to ask for yourself, buddy. Just ask. And so finally, he, uh, you know, yes, of course you can. I'll give it to all the other kids. Why wouldn't I give it to you? But you need to ask. Right? Our instructions in this verse, this one verse, let's just look at this. He says, don't worry. Don't be anxious about anything. Don't worry. Don't fret. Don't try to take care of things yourself first. And then if the problem becomes really big, well, then we'll ask God. It's a lot easier to take care of easier little things than it is to wait till you made a big mess of everything and then cry out to God, right? He says, in every situation, not just in the big problems, but in every Little thing in every situation, in the little things. Why? Why do that? Why ask him to, to, for the little things? Because it builds your faith. It really does. I remember when Brian and I was first married and uh, I wanted to do something nice for my mom. She used to, when she was working, she had this pile of laundry that needed to be ironed. You know, when it comes out of the dryer and it went, go set it in this pile. And once a week, she would iron the clothes. Well, I wanted to slip over there one day and just surprise her and iron all those clothes and hang them all up and, you know, do something nice. Well, so I slipped over there, got over there, got the ironing board out, and that's that big, long thing that you guys wondered what's in the back of your mom's closet. That's it. Okay. Anyway, I know nobody uses them nowadays. And the iron. Well, mom loves starch. She used to really love Everything had to be starched. So I got the starch out, got the ironing board, got the iron, got it all heated up, got the first shirt, went to hit that starch, the first thing, and the little cap goes, bing! I'm 
like looking all over that kitchen. I started swimming on the linoleum looking for that cap. It was nowhere. Nowhere. And I thought, I can't do well, there. Ruined my whole, I was wanted to bless my mother. And now what am I going to do? So I stood right there at the ironing board and I'm, Lord Jesus, could you just please show me where that little cap went so I could do this one nice thing for my mom. And I no sooner opened my eyes and it was right at my feet. I start dancing around the kitchen over a cap and I'm like, yeah, thank you, Jesus. And I'm ironing all the clothes and that Sunday at church and the pastor, does anybody have a testimony? I'm like, yes. <laughs> and we had to keep our testimonies really short in case, you know, we gave too much glory to Satan instead and little to God, you know. So I knew I had to be short and I'm like, yes. I lost starch cap. God found it. I was able to do that and God's good. <laughs> and they're all like, but I'll tell you, that built my faith. That built, when you bring the little things to God and he fulfills them, it builds you bigger things and bigger things. Every situation. By prayer and petition. Now, for me, when you, at least for me, I'll just say that. Growing older, I get to I got to a point in my life where it's kind of like, yeah, I know what that means. I just don't need to explain it. Well, now I'm gotten kind of like on the other side where I kind of want to make sure I can explain it. <laughs> so I dig a little deeper. So prayer and petition, I'm like, do I really know the difference between the two? Well, prayer, let me just, here, let me say it this way. A petition just as it is in the political arena, is a request to a sovereign to take action. Prayer, on the other hand, is communication. So it's confession, thanksgiving, giving glory to God. But petition is standing before a sovereign asking for them to take action. So we are being instructed here, to communicate with God and ask him to step in and take action. I like that. By prayer and petition. With thanksgiving. Which means your communication does not include whining about everything. That's not communicating. That's dumping. You whine about everything and then just, well, no. No. With thanksgiving means that you just simply thank him for everything that's going right. Yeah, why not? Come on, it's not complicated, remember? Don't try to complicate this. Thank him. Whine, but don't whine about all the stuff that's going wrong. Just simply thank him for all the stuff that's going right. And then present your request to God. Ask him, not everyone else. Ask him. Here, look at it this way. Prayer, communicate, confess. Communicate, confess with thanksgiving. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Giving him glory. Petition, ask him. Step in and take action in these certain situations in your life. With thanksgiving, there's more thanksgiving. Then present your requests to God. Be specific. But don't tell God how to do his job. 
You know, like how many have financial problems? Now, nobody in first service had financial problems, so let me just tell you. Or a lack thereof. There's the honest people. Okay, all right. Yeah, you're all like me, me. Get specific when you're asking God. Don't just say, God, I made a miracle in my finances. Because he'll go, really? What would you like me to do? Get specific. Get specific, but don't tell him how to do his job. God, we really need tires on our car. We did that just recently. God, we really need tires on our car. Uh, before winter would be really nice. Right? Let's get specific. How you do that, Lord, is completely up to you. I'm presenting my request to God. All right, here's an example. Think of a child who's with you in a grocery store, the checkout line with you. All right? The child blurts out, I forgot to bring my money. I knew I would forget. I always forget. I can't do anything right. Now, when am I going to be able to buy a candy bar? I'll tell you when. Never! I probably don't deserve a candy bar anyway. What are you, the parent, going to say? Now, let me just tell you that this was an actual scenario. This was actually an event that happened in my life with one of the kids. And I used this as a teaching moment. I waited till we were in the car, driving away from the store. Looked in the rearview mirror, and I asked, Oh, did you want a candy bar? Well, yeah, I did, but I forgot my money. I couldn't get a candy bar, and I told myself, don't forget my money, don't forget my money, and I forgot my money. So why didn't you ask me to buy you the candy bar? I would have loved to buy you a candy bar. And then you could just see the child's eyes just lighting up. And so I zipped my lip, and the child in the car was going, hmm, 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 hmm. And you know, I could just see the scene replayed in the child's mind over and over and over again. Finally, I looked back up in the rearview mirror, and I said, why don't you ask me? Well, we're not at the store. We're in the, th- but the, I said, just ask me. Uh, Mom, can I have a candy bar? And I reached in my purse and pulled out the candy bar they were looking at. I handed it back to them. Why is it so hard for us to ask? If we could get our stinking eyes off ourselves long enough to look at God as what he is, our good, good father. All good things come from God. What is he really going to say? Like we had to teach Jacob. that. So you ask, what's the worst I'm going to say? No. Oh, she said no, I'm going to die. <laughs> is he going to kill you if I say, I would like to give you that candy bar, but could you wait till after dinner? You know? What If we ask God and we don't hear a yes, here it is, you know, 
There it is. Wait, what's the worst that's going to happen? You might have to ask again. So we're looking at rejoice, pray, and the last one, give thanks. Again, developing this being thankful always lifestyle will also include times in our lives when we have to give thanks, more like a, a sacrifice of our complaining, you know, or an offering that gotta. I just, I'm going to give you thanks. In the middle of this, whatever's going on, I'm going to give you thanks. But let me just tell you, this should not be the norm. It should be rare exceptions. If you find yourself feeling like you're sacrificing to give thanks to God, you need to go get right with God. Or like I tell my boys often, you need to go get right with Jesus. Something wrong. So this should not be the norm. This should be a rare exceptions that, you know, it, it will be a sacrifice or an offering. Ephesians 5.20 says, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank God for everything. Thank him for your house. Oh, but it's only a stinking apartment. Thank him that it's not a cardboard box. Thank him for your car, but it's a piece of junk. But thank him that it moves. Thank him for your job, but it's only minimum wage. But you have something. Thank him. Thank him for your health. Oh, but I still have a pain. But I've still got breath in my lungs. Thank him. Thank him for everything at all times. Thank him now for what you have because like a parent with an ungrateful child, you can have that thing that you're not thankful for taken away. Then where would you be? A lack of gratitude is a mighty weapon that Satan will use to destroy your relationship with God. Think about it. When... Uh, Adam and Eve in the garden. God made two trees. And he told them, out of all the stuff in the garden, you can have everything you want. But just don't touch that one tree. But when she got her eyes focused on the one thing she thought God was keeping from her, she became ungrateful for the rest. Well, I want that. What about all this? Right? It will destroy your relationship with God, that lack of gratitude. So when you're feeling anything but thankful for your current situation, learn a lesson from David. It's believed that David penned the words to Psalms 42 and 43 during the period of his son's rebellion and forceful taking of the throne from his own father. During that time, David endured the oppression of his enemies and rumors that God had forsaken him, the man, after God's own heart. And that there was no deliverance for him and God. So what did David do? In the middle of petitioning God to act on his behalf, he petitioned the sovereign to step in and take action. In the middle of that, he spoke right to his soul and repeatedly Declared, why 
so downcast, oh my soul. Why so disturbed, O oh heart within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. So when you can't find it in yourself, strengthen yourself. Talk to yourself. Declare to yourself, I don't care what I feel. I don't care what I think. I will tell my heart, my soul, put my hope in God. Because think about it. If he did nothing else for you, but gave you his son for salvation, wouldn't that be enough? So what are you ungrateful for? What should you be thankful for? Just last week, I was taking the boys to school. And God stirred up in my mind again about writing a book. And I'm like, eh, I can't write no book. I don't want to write no book. I don't even like reading books. I don't like, I like books being read to me. I do. But writing a book, no. And so, but anyway, it's like gnawing at me. And I'm like, okay, well, so I was obedient. Lord, if you give me what you want me to say, if you give me the words, for, I'll be obedient. And I'll write them down. And within 10 minutes, just dropping the boys off and going back home. He was like downloading this stuff to me. And I believe it's going to be a devotional book and even the title, which is called Preaching Through the Pain. So please allow me to share with you just the opening to what I believe is going to be a devotional book titled Preaching Through the Pain. It says, this book is not just for pastors or ministers of the gospel. It is for every Christian who's found themselves professing hope in Jesus when our circumstances seems to be shouting anything but. 2 Timothy 4.2 says, preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Ever feel like you're living through one of those out of season times in your life? Nothing seems to be going right. Bills are piling up. Kids are misbehaving. And work days seem longer than ever before. You may be living in that out-of-season time. So what do you do? Paul's advice to Timothy, preach the word. What? How can I stand preaching if my life looks like a tornado just ran through it? Maybe I could share hope to a stranger, but to my neighbor who sees and can hear the chaos that seems to hover over my house? How? Jesus modeled to the disciples that we can have peace through the worst storms. He never promised us we wouldn't have storms. But he did show us how to walk on the waves, how to sleep in the boat, even how to commit our spirit into the hands of our Heavenly Father, through the worst of times, those out-of-season times. Second Timothy 4.7 says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Paul's statement should strengthen our resolve to stay strong no matter what comes our way. Fight. Like an Olympic runner carrying the torch through all sorts of weather, road conditions, and crowds. Hold the torch up high. Don't let that flame go out. Run hard, run strong, be determined to finish 
preach through the pain. Rejoice, pray, and give thanks. At all times, in all situations, be thankful always. This Thanksgiving when you're sitting around the dinner table and your bellies are packed full of your favorite foods, don't forget to be full of thanks always at all times in all circumstances. And don't forget the how. Rejoice. Pray. Give thanks. Challenge your family to do the same. Challenge your family to make a determined choice for this to become their lifestyle, to be thankful always. We should be marked with a different attitude than the world. When we go around complaining, miserable, kicking the stones, kicking the cans down the road, right? And then, oh, hey, I'm a Christian. The world's like, really? I got better things to do on Sunday than if that's a Christian. Be thankful, always, in all situations. Where was, uh, hello, Silas, Paul and Silas? In prison. What did they start doing? What? Now, let me just tell you. I'm not proud to admit this, but I've sat in a jail before. A few times. Our jails today are not the jails of the Bible days. No. They didn't get to their own little bathrooms. You know, it's like set there in your own pee and poop. Chained on the wet dungeon floors. Dark? Yeah, dark. No, that's right. Nothing. Cold. Half-naked. And let's start singing. Yeah, let's start praising the Lord. But it was in those situations that the chains fell off. The jailers were saved. In all situations, being thankful always. So I kind of want to close the service a little different. And I left time so that we could do this. Amy and the team, or just Amy, I don't care, is going to come back up. And I want us, right before we even start moving, is just to set. Close your eyes. And just start, I want you to start communicating with God. That whole, you know, is there something that you found um, well, let's just say, has, has there been a delay in time between being thankful and verbalizing your thanksgiving to God? Is, you know, d does it come out more in whines than it does in requests <laughs> when, you, when you pray to God? Can we just search our hearts for a minute and ask God to search our hearts? Because sometimes, like I was talking to a friend before service, um, we like to pretty things up and Put a little bow on it. and No, oh, I'm not ungrateful. I'm just making all my requests known to God. He already knows our hearts. He already knows our thoughts. Let's try to be honest before God. So just before we stand up and open up the altars, let's just do that. God, we just 